Welcome to Chick Chat with Unapologetically Karen, the podcast for women by women. I'm Karen Webb, architect, author, entrepreneur, creative junkie, and your host. Chick Chat is your resource for building your big, bold, and beautiful feminine life. So join me for some eye-opening and jaw-dropping dialogue that has people talking. Today's guest is Betsy Lavoy. Betsy is the CEO of the Chamber of Commerce here in Fountain Hills, Arizona. She has lived in this town, I think, longer than anyone I know. She's lived here for over 45 years with her two kids. Um, and she is here today to tell us not only about herself, how she is a strong and fierce leader for our community, but also what the plans are for you know, just growing Fountain Hills into its full potential. So thanks for being here, Betsy. Thank you, Karen. My pleasure. So I do know that everybody around you, I don't know if you know, but they just call you a whirlwind or a force of nature, which is true because you get things done. Unlike a lot of people, um, you don't do that whole, like, let's have a meeting just to have a meeting. <laughs> right, right. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. Yeah, you definitely get things done. So, and and I will say to the listeners too, that when I moved here, when Jeff and I moved here about four years ago, Betsy really, she came to my grand opening. I became a member of the chamber and it has been nothing but great. She really put me on the map here. Work flowed in. It's really thanks to you. I think that this is such a business-friendly community, which makes such a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. And we were really attracted to your design studio and your architecture firm too, which I don't know if the listeners know, but the Chamber of Commerce then utilized Karen to be our designer and architect for our remodel. And we just get compliments after compliments after compliments. So it was just meant to be that you and I meet four years ago. That's right. Absolutely. Okay. So let us jump in. Tell us a little bit how you even got to be the CEO of the chamber, because I know it wasn't like your lifelong dream or the path you were initially on. So tell us about that. Right. Okay, super. So I actually was a realtor by profession uh, after my mom had passed away. My mom was a realtor here in Fountain Hills for 25 years. My dad was a builder. I come from a, a development type family. My Both of my brothers are also builders, developers. And so uh, the my mom wanted to retire from real estate and they said, someone in the family has to become a realtor and we've decided it's going to be you. <laughs> and so I actually got my, I got my real estate license just in support of my family. So I was working, I, I was a Mary Kay beauty consultant and sales director for 15 years. I graduated from college and decided to go right into Mary Kay cosmetics, much to my family's chagrin. Um, you know, they just spent a, a whole ton of money on my college education and and we're not necessarily excited. They're a very supportive family, but not necessarily excited about that career path choice. But, you know, I learned at a young age, whatever you do, you do it well. And so when I got started with Mary Kay Cosmetics, I did move into the top one and a half percent of the company and earned five company cars and just loved it oh, and truly wow. give Mary Kay um, 
a lot of credit for what I learned about being a business person. Because honestly, if you've ever been with a direct sales marketing type company, it you have to learn every skill there is about being a business owner to, to really be successful. And so I just learned a ton in that company, fantastic company, great experience, and about sales, about running my own company, about, uh, I already had a great work ethic, but about work ethic, and just truly loved it. But then after I had my second child, I decided that I did not want to work as many hours as I was working. And so I did decide to stop uh, selling Mary Kay Cosmetics and I gave up my my sales unit. Um, I had thousands of people under me, but I gave up my sales unit and gave up my, my business in order to pursue a couple of other different things. And during that time, I actually started Fountain Hills Connection, which is a the largest multimedia um site for our community. And it started out as a way for businesses to advertise their business here in town for free because I've- So let uh, me ask you for a second there. Hold on a second. Yes. So they, so you were not yet um, the running the chamber at all. This was really just a community thing you came up with, right? Yes. And it absolutely. is still, hap- I mean, it's, everybody uses it already. I mean, still to this day, how many years ago did you develop that? I started that 10 years ago, nine years ago. I have to look back. Yes. And it's because I've always had this passion for our local business community. Our town is truly unique. Every, everyone thinks their town is unique. However, our (laughs) town is true, truly unique in that. It really is. It really is. (laughs) I agree. Um, In that because we have winter visitors and every Phoenix metro town or city has winter visitors, that's normal. But because our town's population is already so small and because of our geographical distance to a larger metropolitan area, our town is unique in the fact that our population reduces by eight to 9,000 in the summer months. And we already have such a small population that our businesses feel that really dramatically more so than other cities and towns. Definitely. What are the numbers? So like, what is the community? How many people are here, you know, during part of the year and then it drops to what? Yes. So right now in 2023, our population has dipped under 24,000 people during the winter. And the latest stat that I have seen is approximately 16 to 17,000 during the summer. So it's okay. a it's a healthy, yeah. healthy difference. And, um, and it used to be growing up here as a child, it used to be that during the summer, it was a ghost town. I mean, literally nobody was here during the summer. Wow. And okay. so at least we've been able to grow our population somewhat. During the 90s, we had some really great media attention from Parenting Magazine, from I think it was a Forbes list to be the top in the top 50 places to raise a family in the entire United wow. States. Wow. Um, Parenting Magazine gave us a, a top 10 listing for raising a family in the entire United States. So because of that media attention, Fountain Hills grew from six or seven or 8,000 into a approximately 20,000, but that was two decades ago. And we've not seen any substantial growth in two decades. So that, that boom happened. And thankfully now for our business community, we do have that 17,000 population that stays during the summer. But for a lot of businesses, that difference is so large. It's still large. Yeah. Yes, they well, suffer. Well, and let me let me ask you because I know people always worry about growth like that or substantial growth. How did 
did it work well when you already had that big jump in the 90s? How did the town kind of absorb that? Yes, um, I, the development was rampant at that time, and as far as I know, it did work well. Um, I have not heard. Now, I was a I I was a very young adult at that point. Um, <laughs> yes. was I even an adult? I think I was an adult I don't even at know. that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and so I don't personally have uh, memories of that experience. However, based on my research, I it it looks like it was seamless, pretty seamless, and our crime rate has always stayed low, even with that type of development and growth. And we've always maintained that small town feel, which is what we all want. So we all want to be able to grow to our potential as a community or town and maintain that small town feel. But what we've found, Karen, is that many people are so hesitant to talk about growth because mm-hmm. they're, they don't realize that growth for our community only means an additional eight to 10,000 in population. We will only max out at 37, 38,000 because we'll be completely built out. And so okay. to allow our community to grow, it's not like we're going to become a massive city like Scottsdale or Gilbert or another, you know, large community. We don't have the ability to do that. So that was nice because it does ensure that it'll still stay as that kind of quaint small town vibe that it has. Um, Yes. But it will be great for businesses to sustain them like that, especially, and and I know because every summer restaurants, et cetera, struggled. It's, they've already seen, I think that, you know, I think more of them are staying open during the summer. I know that um, the Mexican restaurant in town, one of them, uh, El Encanto, is open for the summer right now, which I was yes. like, wow. <laughs> so, And it's the that's first good. time in years, in years. Yes. And so we're yes. very excited for them too. And we have seen an in, influx of younger business owners and more business owners even recently. So even though our population has not grown um, substantially, in, as a matter of fact, we've gone down approximately 100 residents just in the past year. But even though our our population has not grown. More and more people are deciding to, you know, have an encore career and open up a business or um, the younger generation after they finish up college, they're opening up their businesses. And so we are seeing a nice, healthy growth in, um, in the amount of chamber members and businesses in our community, but it's not true representation of growth for our community because it's the same people who are living here. But that's great. I mean, we still love that. Yes. That makes sense. Right. So the business amounts of businesses or numbers of businesses have increased, which is good. Yeah. Because it definitely has that, you know, I know when Jeff and I moved here, um, which now we wish we would have moved here 20 years ago because we love it so much, but it was so interesting to be, you know, having come from California and, and I lived in Huntington Beach. My office was Seal Beach, then Jeff and I lived in Redondo Beach, and they're not huge communities um, either. Definitely bigger than here, though. But so much harder to get a business off the ground um, than it than it has been here at all. And I thought for sure, having moved here, I thought, oh my gosh, this is really a risky move for me. And I mean, I've never seen a town have that kind of quality where they just embrace business and embrace, you know, newcomers. And um, it's it's got that quality that I don't think a lot of a lot of places have. 
Right. And that's wonderful to hear, Karen. And we love to hear, and we've heard that from more than just you. So mm-hmm. that's that's yeah. fantastic that you and others are having that experience because that's truly our mission with the Chamber of Commerce is that uh, Fountain Hills as a municipality in the state of Arizona will become the first place that businesses will think of for a yes. smaller business when they're moving to the state of Arizona. And so um, that goal or that vision is by 2030. And I know that's many years from now, but we do believe we need that much time to get on the map, on the state map for right, people who are right. moving from other parts of the country to really think about Fountain Hills when they're when they're thinking of opening a business in Arizona. And again, that that, that might scare some people who are not excited about growth. But again, with we, we can only grow to our potential. And so we're right. just sharing that once we allow ourselves to grow to our potential, let's see what that looks like. I think it's going to be a beautiful, vibrant, vital community, even more so than it is right now. So that's what, that's what we're excited about. And- And I think that people, maybe people that don't live here don't realize, so we'll share with that, is that there's a lot of land here, but a lot of it is the Tonto National Forest, the reservation is here. So it will never have that look of just being overbuilt, which is what's so great. So that really does control it, um, which is nice. So let's go back to the pink cars, or I don't know if you have a pink (laughs) one, but (laughs) so you left that now and and your your family was a little dismayed because what were you studying in school? Because it didn't have anything to do with Mary Kay necessarily. Correct. So I actually have a degree in Spanish. And so I was studying international business and I was going to go and get my master's in international business when I decided to, uh, get started with Mary Kay Cosmetics. So I did take a different path and I'm still (laughs) thrilled that I have that, um, that degree of course. And 30 years ago, uh, well, 20, Six years ago, I was completely mm-hmm. fluent in Spanish and conversational in Portuguese. But just like anything, oh, wow. if you don't use it, yeah. you lose it, right? Yes, so you do. Yes. Um, but but that's okay. And so yes, after I decided to give up Mary Kay Cosmetics, I um, had started that Fountain Hills Connection site, and in the process of growing and building that site, I was visiting businesses, boots on the ground. I was going around yes. our town, visiting businesses, and sharing with them that this was an opportunity for them. And it was really just a community effort. I was not, there was no income stream attached to it. I was not charging the businesses. Um, it was truly just a, a, a valiant effort to help mm-hmm. our businesses at that time. And when I was doing that, I walked into a, a, a storefront or a, it was a health services uh, establishment called Energy Oasis. And I was sharing with the owner about Fountain Hills Connection. And she said, well, I'm not interested because I'm selling my business and I'm pretty social. And I, so I said, well, sh- just share with me a little bit more about that. And by the time I left there, Karen, I, I ended up purchasing her business. What? And so <laughs> I, I know, is that funny? So I purchased Energy Oasis and I rebranded it to EO to wellness spa and oxygen bar. And I flipped really? it. So almost like when you purchase a home and you yes. renovate it. Yes. So I did that for the business. So I've always had this entrepreneur type spirit and I've yes. always loved business. And so I, yes, I, I bought energy Oasis. I flipped it <laughs> and I sold it in one year. Um, wow. and so that was a really neat experience. However, I also learned through that experience that I did not want to 
to buy and sell businesses either. So I was really yes. seeking what I wanted to do. And during this period of time, I also created a planner company and I sold planners. Um, and I really enjoyed wow. that because I've been making paper planners for myself for 20 years at that point. And I realized that through that process that I could not compete with uh, the printing that you can get from China. I could not compete right, with China right. companies. And so I just... I. It was not um, a feasible financial uh, business for me to continue. So all of that was going on at the same time. And unfortunately, my mom passed away. And so um, because I was, thank you, and because I was kind of seeking out what I wanted to do and, and you know, have that that tragedy in our in my life, I decided to try real estate. So I had already had okay. my license for years and never intended to use it for a profession. I never intended to work it as a profession. But since my mom was a realtor, she just passed away in, in honor of her, I decided to pursue it as a profession. And, and so I did. And I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I do think real estate is a very honorable pr- profession mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it's people's largest investment truly that they'll ever make in their lives. So to be a part of that felt really honorable to me. Um, But I did not like the amount of time that I was away from my kids on weekends and holidays, right? right? Mm -hmm. And so there was that love and not so much (laughs) feeling for real estate. And as a single mom at the time of the two little kids at the time, they were, gosh, how old were they? They were 11 and four. Is that when, Um, when you got divorced? About then? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, they were, I'm sorry, they were three and uh, six. Were they okay. three and six? They were, yeah, anyway, yeah. they were little, right? Yeah. So they were yeah. little. And I had three different real estate transactions um, in the works and they all fell apart and it was December. They were supposed to close at the beginning of December and all three of them fell apart. And so as a single mom, to not have that stable income was crushing, um, especially with the holidays just around the corner. And so right during that period of time, I saw a job posting uh, that was through the Fountain Hills Chamber of Commerce and it came through my site on Fountain Hills Connection. And I read it and it was like, it was written for me. Literally it was written for me. And so even those, even though those real estate transactions had, had fallen through in December, I was still very successful in my real estate career and that uh, as a whole, right. But, and that, um, that job posting, even though it sounded like it was written for me, the pay was literally a fourth of what I was making Ouch, in real estate. Right. And so but there I, was consistency in it, which I can but understand there was too, consistency as a single mom. In it. Right. I get it. Yep. Yes. And it was not only consistent, but it spoke to me, um, helping businesses, supporting businesses, uh, the whole goal was to help other businesses be successful right here in our local town. It just really spoke to me. And so because those transactions had fallen through, I applied for the job. Well, so after I that applied was the for first, the job. That was the first kind of the stars aligning because yes. had that not had your real estate investments not been, you know, um, falling apart, those three in that month, I don't know, would you have even looked? No. 
I don't think okay. I would have even considered. Yeah. I think that if I had um, looked at it, I would have still thought, oh, this sounds great, but then I would have disregarded it and that would have been it. And so you're right. Those, those yeah. transactions falling apart definitely had um, a lot to do with it. And what's so interesting is after I applied for the job, all three of those transactions resurrected and they all resurrected <laughs> in time for the holidays. But I also think that's part of the wow. stars aligning because yes. once the, the job opportunity at the chamber of commerce took two and a half months. So in that two and a half months to have those real estate transactions resurrect and for me to still pursue it really right. shared with me that that was the right path for me to take. And that I was really, you know, that I needed to follow my passion to help other businesses. And it wasn't, and, and that position was not to be the CEO or anything that you're doing right now. What was that position for? Yes. Good point. It was for sales. Okay. And so, um, I, it was for sharing the chamber of commerce opportunity with all of our businesses locally in town. And so I was hired in February, February 3rd of 2019. And I went to work and that first month in my first two and a half weeks, I added 14 new businesses to the chamber of commerce. Just loved it. Wow. Absolutely wow. loved it. And six weeks after I got started, our CEO at the chamber resigned and he had taken his, he and his family had moved out of state. And so he was still the acting CEO from another state until August. So from okay. March until August, he was the um, acting CEO from another state. So here locally in Fountain Hills, I was like the face of the CEO, anything okay. that was a CEO question or anyone that came in that was CEO. And, um, you know, I honestly handled it. And so that CEO did recommend that I apply for the job. I was already thinking that I should apply for the job, but 108 other people also wow. applied for the job. And so I did go through the interview and job process and I was not selected from the board of directors. The board of directors selected somebody from Hollywood because they had oh, more, dear. um, <laughs> Yes. Um, that seems so odd right now to even hear <laughs> that because that would just be such an odd mix here. I can't even see it. Yeah. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And but that was 2019, so even though that was only 4 years ago, it feels like a lifetime ago sometimes. And um and that was another part of the stars aligning because I'm not sure what happened. Um I I I literally never learned what happened, but that that person accepted the job but never never came um and never took ownership of the job uh, as CEO. And so the board of directors at that time did have me come and do a presentation for my sales position. Um, and in, unbeknownst to me, it was an additional interview. And from that, that and time, in front of the offered, whole board, the, in, in front, front of the, of the whole board, board. was, were yes. you just, oh my goodness. Well, in a way, good. You didn't know because that could have been more stressful, but on the other hand, oh my gosh, being like thrown into the lion's den like that as an interview, how many people were there? So the board at that time, I believe was 15 or 16 people. Wow. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> 
And, but you know what? I was confident in my job. I was confident in my results and confident in myself. And so even, even though I was only there to present my sales progress, it was a really good, um, it was a really good experience. And then I was offered the executive director position. And so the executive director position is not the position I have now. It was literally a, a time to prove myself that I could be the CEO and president of the chamber because I did not have chamber uh, CEO experience. And so I, I understand why that was done that way. So I, I was the executive director for the chamber, and that was for a short time frame too. I want to say October, November, December, January, about three months. And then I was promoted oh, wow. to the CEO so like, and president. Okay. So seriously, no wonder you're this force of nature. You had like a promotion like every three, six weeks, three (laughs) months. Oh my gosh. Okay. So that's crazy. All right. So then let's, so now, so that all started, when did you become CEO then? So I became CEO in 2020 and it was, um, I'll have to go back and look. I want to say it was, or no, it was 2019 still. September of 2019 was when I became the executive director. And it was either December or January. I'll have to look at my dates that I was promoted. And so it was, you know, less than a year um, from the time I started to becoming a CEO and president. And I just love it. I mean, it's the perfect job for me personally. My personality fits perfectly with mm-hmm. it. Um, I love our town. I love supporting businesses in our town. And I just wake up every day with a passion to help our business community. You know, their success is our success. Our chamber of commerce cannot possibly be successful if our businesses are not successful. And so right. it just feels we like we do we wake up every day and we do good work and i have a really fantastic yes. team of ladies that yeah um, let's also- talk about your team so i okay. love that because um okay so you've got an office full of women <laughs> Yes, <laughs> which uh, all women, and it, it just happened to be that way. It's I'm sure each time you've just picked the best person, but it is pretty amazing to have all women there. So tell us a little bit like what that dynamic is like. Is there that, you know, sometimes it can be really supportive when women come together like that, but there's also the cattiness that can happen. And so how does it work for you guys? You know, it's really amazing, Karen, because I other people have also asked me the question about, you know, how is it having all of those women full-time, all day, every day together? <laughs> and yeah. I have not once felt any cattiness, any, um, anything that you might think might happen with a room full of powerful women, right? Um, right. So our, my vice president is Tammy Bell, and her and I often, you know, literally every week, uh, talk about our culture as a staff. And if we need, we work positively, positively every single day to make sure that we have a joyful, professional, uh, great work environment for our staff. And so that's a real intentional on purpose driven decision in our work culture there at the chamber. I and that. I think that's, yeah. 
also what helps to show our success because everyone who walks in, whether it's a visitor, a resident, a business owner, a potential business owner, anyone who walks in our door will feel welcome. And our version of feeling welcome is when that person leaves, they think that we were glad they came. And that is true. And so that's our version of welcome. And so we, we really work hard to, to create that positive nature because if our staff is not happy, if our work culture is not joyful, they're not going to be able to give to others. So if you don't fill up your own bucket, you're not going to be able to fill up someone else's. And so we, it's a, it's an on-person intentionality. And then we also do ongoing training. We just finished a workshop series with the, uh, Julie Jones, one of our chamber members, the adventures of Julie Jones. And we are working on what's called the working genius. So just really focusing on what everyone's natural working genius is so that we can oh, make sure that we're utilizing everyone to their best ability. So yeah, we're just real on purpose about making sure that we're, we're a good force for our community. Right. Absolutely. And it is true. You do go in there and it's sort of like everybody lights up when you come in, you know, when I walked in there and from the receptionist to, you know, anybody there, it just, you do feel like, yeah, I was really well, they wanted me to be here. So it's, it's good. Right, it works. Good. <laughs> good, so good, let good. me ask you then. All right. So let's, let's, um, I'm going to bounce a little bit. Let's start, let's go one more on this, on this work thing. Do you ever get, um, the feeling though, that just being, you know, I, business is still, it is, it's definitely mixed. There's definitely masculine, feminine energy in both. Um, I know for me, I, I kind of have to utilize both sides, but tell me a little bit how it is for you to be in a, in a situation where, you know, you are telling businesses and the board, you're kind of making decisions, you're kind of putting your, powerfulness out there. How does that work? Have you had any issues with, you know, any, any pushback? You know, honestly, I haven't. I, and I do think it's from my 26 years in sales experience. I have very thick skin (laughs) as you need to in that, um, in that, uh, entity, you know, when you're doing sales. However, I am a very confident person. I don't allow others' judgment of me to affect me, um, as I always continue to try to be a better person because we can always improve. And so I've not felt that, very much that the whole women, you know, because I'm a woman, how do I have different treatment by others? I've not felt that very much, thankfully, in our community. Yeah. Um, I did feel it recently just once and it was a little off-putting because I was um, surprised by it, but it was really no big deal. And it was kind of an mm-hmm. old boys mentality and old, you know, yes. that old men's social club type of mentality. Yes. And yes. it was, it, and it was just fine though, because <laughs> it, I let it just slide right off and it's rare right. for that to happen, which is I'm thankful for. And it's interesting because, so I, I, I would agree with you for me, it's, it's, been a long time since that was such a battle, but I will say coming into this town, there, there is a little bit of that. There is some of that mm-hmm. in the construction industry and uh, contractors, et cetera. So you do get some of that vibe, but it is, and it can be sort of off-putting now at this age. So right. I find like I expected it in my twenties, you know, even maybe my thirties. Now I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Did they just say something negative to me? Like what? Yeah. It does kind of shock you. Yeah. 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 Okay. So at this point you've proven yourself. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's what you finally have to get to. Right. But, um, 
and you've always been, cause I, you've always been so feminine and you know, how, how do you, so I know a lot of women, here's, here's what I would say. Having been in a male dominated industry for me, I think the women I have come across feel like they need to kind of man up, kind of be more of the masculine side to kind of match their counterparts and think that that is the direction to go. That's the best tool for success. And I have found myself, I found that to be the opposite. I think women have some other traits that they bring that are so good for leadership. You know, um, tell me your thoughts on that. Yes, I completely agree with you. I am very feminine in nature. I um, stereotypically love the uh, hair, makeup, yes. fashion, <laughs> high heels, you know, false yes. eyelashes. I love it all. I, I love yes. it all. And I don't do it for anyone else but me. I because I love it that's I'm staying true to me and I have joy and by looking my very best and when I look my very best I feel like I can give my very best to others so that's important to me to take the time every day to look yes. my very best in order to give my very best to others and so I've not shrank from that and I'm thankful for that because I've also been able to give that example to my kids my yes. kids are only 11 and 15 and my 11 year old, um, he actually turns 12 on Monday, but my, oh, my almost 12 year old son <laughs> is, um, all boy. I mean, he is truly all mm -hmm. boy. And my daughter, she's 15 and a half and she is very much like me. Um, she's like a mini me. She has a, a strong drive and she's also very feminine and she really loves to do hair and makeup, but also do yes. her best, you know, that, that truly does everything and does it well, both of my kids. So I'm very thankful that I've not shrank from that example yes. and just really stay true to who I am. You know, even though I am the boss, so to speak at mm -hmm. work and mm -hmm. I am that, that masculine energy at work. I also love that when I come home that I on purpose am the female energy and I'm putting that on that, that projection on myself, because again, it brings me joy. You know, everyone is so very different and whatever works for yes. whomever is just fine. But for me, I like to serve my family dinner. I like, you know, as a, a traditional um, family yeah. setup, I enjoy that. And so, but that works for us. So I, I think that just if people stay true to themselves and stop worrying about what they think they should be doing, that life and work and just our entire town will be, and our culture will be better overall. No, I, I definitely agree with you. I think that, you know, um, and then I want to jump into your family life for a second, but I, I do agree with you because I think that people look down upon us when we get into that feminine role. I think they, they kind of place a stigma with it that it's sort of weak and right. yet it's, it's actually so beautiful because it is the most nurturing, the most, you know, maternal, the most kind of compassion that we can have comes from our feminine energy. So, right. okay, but now let's jump back for a second because I okay. do, I, I, I have heard, <laughs> um, so you were divorced and then you are now, Jeff and I have met Chuck, who is your, your man and, um, lo we love him. And I want to know, so how did Chuck come into your life and kind of when after the divorce did that happen? Okay. So it, um, 
it's funny that you ask. So it's kind of a, a funny, silly story. But because I was newly single with the kids and um, I, I, I bought the house. I bought my ex out of the house and I was um, owning the house, which has a pool. And my mm-hmm. pool was quickly turning green and swamp-like because I did not know how to take <laughs> care of the pool. And even though yeah. I was researching it, I was not doing a good job. Oh, and so yeah. I actually did find Chuck online for pool service. And he came and um, and met me and the kids because he was going to turn my pool from he green to clear, the right? the pool guy, yes. He was the pool guy, right. <laughs> And so he did come and service the pool and then he came again the next week. And then I think it was on the third week, I said, are you going to send me an invoice? And he said, no, I thought I would ask you out instead. And so he was truly a gentleman and courted me. So cute. That is like so sweet. So, so, so (laughs) cute. Yes. Okay. So cute. And and I was so impressed because he was such a gentleman, still is. He's probably the most gentlemanly man I know. Um, like I don't carry takeout. I've never opened a door for myself in seven years still when he's around. I <laughs> yeah. mean, truly yeah. just as a gentleman. And I'd not had it to that extent ever before. And then through that dating process, you know, here you are a new, newly single with kids. Uh, you feel like you have a whole lot of baggage in your forties, yes. right? Been there. And so, oh God. Yeah, I know. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. not fun, yeah. but to have someone who courts you, um, it just, it's, it's truly a lovely romantic story and we're, we're great friends and we're great together. He's got a really strong, masculine, strong energy. I have a really strong female energy. We just really, um, work well together. Yeah, yes. It does. And it's interesting because I recently did, uh, do um, another interview with someone who just knew a lot about the male female kind of role. She's actually in the kind of I don't even know. She she teaches pole dancing and okay, <laughs> um, and so and she's an entertainer. Yeah, but she's very much into that. You know, a strong masculine um, energy man. Um, who's going to be manly and honorable and protective and all of that. Um, actually, yeah, they want that very feminine woman. And right. it's interesting because I know, and I, I, I often feel just having seen so many different women in business that if you, if you just keep that masculine energy all the time, like at work mm-hmm. and at home, it's, it's hard for the man to be that then. That's where right. they get intimidated. That's where it gets awkward. That's where, you know, you're like two people butting heads, if not. So yeah, there is something really beautiful. I agree with that traditional role. And I love that when you say that, you know, you love to make dinner, serve them dinner. That's kind of, I'm sure they can do it themselves, but you get pleasure out of that. I do. I do. I absolutely yeah. do. And especially with the kids getting older, you know, if they if they ask me for, you know, mom, can I have a cup of water or something? And I'm standing in the kitchen and they're sitting down. Of course, I would love yeah. to do that for you, you know? Right, uh, right. So it, it is a, it's like a servant leader almost, um, not only yeah. at work, but at home. And it's, I just, it, it's a, it fills my bucket to be able to do that. that make, I love that. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we uh, Jeff really likes hanging out with Chuck. I think that he he gets that same vibe that, you know, they're like manly men, you know, it's right. not like, and I have to tell you before Jeff, I attracted 
all the non-manly ones. (laughs) And I think, and I often say this so to people that, so I think strong women think that they want the weaker man because then they'll stay in control of everything. But it's actually a a very difficult thing to maintain because when you do that and you're that strong, then eventually you look at them as weak. And that's hard to have that same kind of you know, kind of passionate and and looking up to your man kind of feeling because you're right. doing everything, you're fully in control. So it is nice that if you can, right, if you can kind of relinquish some of that and, and just kind of meet in this more traditional space. I love that. Exactly. It doesn't mean you, you're limited in any way. It just, it, it keeps something really beautiful going now. Yes, yeah. I agree. And you know, you've heard, I'm sure, that you become like the five people you spend most of your time with. Yes. So mm-hmm. why would you want to even in and I've done the same thing. I did exactly what you did too in previous um you know, relationships. And relationships, why would yeah. you yes, why would you want to spend your time with someone that subconsciously you selected because they were weaker? You're just going to get weaker over time or the relationship is just going to get weaker over time, which we've right. proven. <laughs> we've yeah, proven exactly. that happens, right? Over and, and so, over again. Over and over <laughs> until, again. Yeah. Yes. yes until I am, you finally I, get it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I just really feel blessed because even like the kid's dad, he and I co-parent together. We're great friends. Um, we are family because we created those two beautiful kids together. Yes. And and we all, I mean, even when my uh, ex-husband, the kid's dad, got a flat tire, Chuck, my boyfriend, went and rescued him and would do that for, we are a family. And it's just, yes. we're really, I think it's unique in that way too, because again, we're not always worried about a power struggle. We're just being ourselves, yes. you know, true to ourselves and trying to give our best to others. And if you continue to do that in every aspect of your life, you won't go wrong, whether it's your family, your work, you're, there's no way yeah. to go wrong if you try to do that no, always. Makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. And that's a, a testament to you though, because honestly, to be able to, you know, have Chuck move in, coordinate like life with the kids and him and, and it works well, you know, all that is tricky. Trust me. I, yes. I did it when my kids were about your kids' age and it was rough. <laughs> it was yeah. really rough back then. That wasn't with Jeff. This was other relationships that didn't work out, but, um, right. but yeah, that's, it's, it's a tough one to do. It is. Yes. Yes. But it's worth it. Yeah, it is. If it can come together. And I, like I said, I have, yeah, I've seen him just out with the kids too. And, and the rapport seems really, really nice. Yes. Yeah. So then tell us, um, just leave us with some thoughts on what you see for, or any new goals or what you see for the chamber or the town, any kind of new development or new stuff coming. I know you've been working away on an app that just came out that is amazing. It really promotes all of the businesses, really gives kind of like our our little main street, the Avenue, the fountains, it gives it a directory, like really just some clarity to to all that. Anything else you want to share about it? Yes. So that's part of our entire Visit Fountain Hills initiative. So the app is a huge part of that. And then we also just got the AVIC designation and AVIC stands for Arizona Visitor Information Center. And it's from AOT, from the Arizona Office of Tourism. And so with support of the town of Fountain Hills, um, your Chamber of Commerce now is the official visitor center 
for the town of Fountain Hills, for the state of Arizona. And why that was important to us is the more people we can get through our visitor center, through our doors at the chamber, the more times I can then refer Otis Webb Architecture, the right, more times I can exactly. then refer, right? So the more people yes, I have through my right. doors, the more people I have in front of our businesses. And so though that's a dual initiative. And then we also are just so proud of our our business community supporting our business community. And I think that's really the epitome of what our Chamber of Commerce does so very well, is that when you look at our business directory and you see who the Chamber of Commerce members are, it really is like a family. It's our Chamber family, and you support your family. And so um, we have stats that are fantastic, and we're so proud to share that 26% of the businesses in Fountain Hills are actively a part part of our chamber of commerce, but the industry standard is only 8%. And so we wow. get three times the industry standard. That's really and then, good. Yes. And then most businesses take at least two years to become profitable or even not lose money quite frankly. And our Chamber of Commerce, if they become a member in right away as a brand new business, it shrinks that from two years to 14 months. And so that they will be profitable or they'll, you know, not be losing money. And so you just are going to be more successful as a business if you join the Chamber because we have all the tools there to support you. Because again, that's our scope of work, you know, the success of our businesses. Absolutely. And I think it doesn't apply to all chambers because honestly, this is the first time I've been like, oh my, I tell everybody, every new business, because we do a lot of the tenant improvements for other new businesses. I always say you have to be a part of the chamber here. It is that good. It is, I mean, I can, I'm the example of, I opened my business, it COVID hit three months later. And yet that first year I was wildly successful. And that came just from the chamber really. And then having done the chamber with you, having remodeled that, just the constant, you know, you promote, you promote us all. It's, it's really, it works because imagine coming to, you know, a place, nobody knows you and you're starting to open up new business and COVID hits. And it's like, you would think you would be doomed that that's just not going to get off the ground. So really that that's, that's your force of nature thing again. That's awesome. Thank (laughs) you. Great testimonial. Yeah, it's true. So I uh, thank you so much for being here and sharing all of this with us. I want to well, just thank um, you, Karen. Mention, yes, and mention our, so we have beautiful arts, art festivals here, et cetera. What's the next thing coming up that people can come visit our town for? So the next large event would be the Fountain Festival of Fine Arts and Crafts, November 11th, 12th, and 13th. And that is, it's always the second full weekend in November. And then right on the heels of that is just busy, busy, busy. So we have the um, Parade of Thanksgiving Turkey Drive, which is the first Tuesday of November, November 7th. We have the Thanksgiving Day Parade, which of course is on Thanksgiving Day, and it's in collaboration with the town's turkey trot and we're excited because our theme this year is west kept secret so it's a whole cowboy western theme which is so fun (laughs) and then we have stroll in the glow just 10 days after that which is always Mm -hmm. the first saturday of december where we light the avenue of the fountains the town of fountain hills lights the avenue of the fountains for the holidays but we build an event for our businesses to promote and share around that lighting and just you know fun busy holiday season And I know that our 
Avenue Merchants Association on the Avenue of the Fountains. We're going to do a wine walk or two in this next fall and holiday season. And so we'll have more details about that soon. So just a really fun time to be in our town. That's great. So then people, that I, we've got a lot of listeners that are in other parts of Arizona, Scottsdale, et cetera. Um, so yeah, come on out to Fountain Hills and they can find all this info on the Chamber website, right? Yes, Which on the is, Chamber website and on our app. So the Chamber website's fhchamber.com. So F for Fountain, H for Hills, chamber.com. If you spell it out, it'll also work, fountainhillschamber.com. And then the Visit Fountain Hills app is free on your Android uh, Google Play Store and it's free on your Apple Store. So you can download that and all of the events are on there as well. Great. So good. Thank you, Betsy. It's great to have you on because you're just, you know, we need more feminine, wonderful leaders like yourself. So thank you. I appreciate having you. Yes. Thank you. My pleasure. 